some wins in 2024. Tony Suarez, it's great to have you here on Charisma News, and we are gathering prophetic words that God is speaking about the year 2024. And so today we ask you, what is God saying about 2024 and what do we need to do about it as the body of Christ? So welcome to Charisma News, Tony. Well, John, thank you for having me. I, you know, I'm thankful for you, thankful for Steve and Charisma and the opportunity to share what the Spirit is saying to me. And it was interesting when you texted me, I had just, I had just heard from the Lord, not maybe 48 hours before uh, you got in touch with me. And I, it was, it was interesting because I wasn't seeking a word for 2024 just yet. I, that wasn't, uh, we're, we, this has been our busiest year ever been traveling. God's blessed. I mean, we're, we're in the middle of a blessing as mm. we speak right now. And so I was focused on the right now. And uh, what happened was I woke up that morning and decided I was going to go live, but I didn't know what to share. I just felt like I needed to go live, but I didn't know what I was going to share. And then in the car from my house to the office, this is what I heard the Lord say. He said, from revival to revolution. That's all mm -hmm. he said. And that just got in me. And then it just kind of got like a hook in my heart, my spirit, my mind. It, it wouldn't let go. And I started, as I started, um, as I would say, getting into the word and just exploring that word uh, for what that would mean. And I mean, this is all within 20 minutes. I mean, it's not that far from my house to the office. I just really started understanding that this is the purpose of the Lord for the body of Christ in this season, mm -hmm. uh, going into 2024 and 2024. So, this is how I contextualize it. Our ministry has been declaring, prophesying, and decreeing since 2020 that revival is not coming. Revival is here. Uh, all our, so the, again, the context for that context is that all our lives we've heard revival is coming. There would be a great move of God, and someone would say, "You haven't seen anything yet," or someone else would get up and say, "One day, oh, just wait for that one day," and We've been waiting for that one day since the day of Pentecost, or at least in mm -hmm. modern terms, since uh, since Topeka and Azusa. We've been hearing about this one day. Well, I don't believe one day is coming. I believe that today is that one day that we were longing for. Revival is here. We have to step into the current move of God. I'm no longer longing seeking, expecting another move. This is that move. This is the day that was spoken of by the prophet Joel. It's backed up in the revivals that we're seeing um, all over the nation and the world. The mass baptisms in California, the college campus uh, revivals that have broken out, broken out. Um, churches or, or moves of God that are sparking throughout the land where um, a year ago there was nothing. And now this year there's thousands or hundreds gathering mm -hmm. or supernatural finances that are coming into ministries and they're acquiring land or buildings and real estate. And you just see the hand of the Lord. These are the days that are, that our poor Pentecostal founders were dreaming of when they were called the people of the other side of the tracks. Mm. We're no longer that. These are those days. But the Lord impressed on me that we must go from revival to revolution. So the church has been revived. I prophesied in 2020 that the American church was going to see that the fire never died. 
We just had to fan the flame a little bit. Second mm. Timothy chapter one. So the, the flame was fanned through a pandemic, uh, through whatever you believe about the election, the upheaval in our nation, um, woke agendas. We've seen that flame of, of, of revival fanned and it's, it's strong. The church is as strong as I've known it to be in many years. Um, the seeker sensitive movement is no longer, it's no longer something we're having to look at and say it's taken over the church. Revival has taken over the seeker sensitive movement. Mm. A lot of those that had left have now come back to their roots. They're coming back to Pentecost. You're hearing about outpourings of the Holy Ghost and uh, major revivals taking place everywhere. So I said, well, Lord, what does that mean? I mean, we're, our ministry is called Revival Makers. We preach revival everywhere we go. We say revival's not coming. Revival is here. And he said, revival has to turn into revolution. And mm. so he likened it to me, the Declaration of Independence to winning the war. And this is the second word I heard. He said, the church will no longer be known for their fight, but they will be known for their victory. We have declared revival. We have prayed for revival. We have sought revival. And I believe that there are many that have done the right things to have revival. But now revival must bring about a true revolution. That means it must leave the four walls of the church. It can no longer be just Christians having revival. We can't just be rebaptizing people that have already been baptized, praying through those that have already been prayed through, preaching to those that have already received the gospel, having another altar call with those that have already had an opportunity to an altar call. But it's now time to have a revolution in the world. And that means take um, the land, take Take these strongholds and claim them for the gospel of Jesus Christ. No longer tell the stories of how the revivals of old um, dried up the bars or, or closed this business or that illicit business or how the police used to report from Mar Mariah Woodworth, Woodworth Edder that mm -hmm. there was no crime. Those can no longer be our stories. Those must be our current realities. Mm -hmm. That is a revolutionizing move of God. So that doesn't mean we're stepping away from revival because you have if, if you don't keep fanning the flame, uh, the flame will start to die down. Right, right. You it, it, this is this is a twofold thing. You got to keep fanning the flame. But mm -hmm. now it's time to cook. How about how about that analogy? OK, <laughs> uh, that good, good, cheap preacher analogy right now. We can't go. just have a flame. Now it's time to cook on it. It's mm. time to produce something from that fire. And for me. That is saying souls saved, souls filled with the Holy Ghost, souls water baptized, seeing people come into the truth of the word of God. I'm believing, you know, in Hebrews chapter 11, in that great, in that great chapter of faith, it talks about how nations were subdued because mm. of the heroes of faith. It's time for us to subdue a nation. It's time for us real time. To see God, and I'm not uh, right now. I'm not prophesying. I'm just speaking in faith. How about right now? We see a nation known for its Islamic faith, so mm. overtaken by revival that a revolution takes place, and now the the, the national religion is no longer Islam, but it's Christianity. Mm. What about a revolution in the United States? The Jesus revolution. I think there was a movie about that. Yeah. What about a, a Jesus revolution so great that it's that it's not just Christians getting a touch, but it is we can see the evidence of California changing. 
Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. changing. What if, what if revival broke out on the Capitol? I mean, I saw a picture not too long ago of congressmen and women knelt, kneeling down in prayer. But what if the fire of God swept into that room? And what if, what if there was a manifestation of the glory of God? Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, what if? But it, it, it happens when we go from revival to revolution. So I'm at this place now where I want to see the change. I don't want to just keep complaining about how bad the schools are. I want a revolution yeah. in the schools. I don't want to just keep complaining about how um, how uh, uh, corrupt our government is. I want to see revolution take place. I don't want to keep hearing the polls about how bad it is with Gen Z or Gen Alpha. or this. I want a revolution because mm. if we have fire, If we have the oil, if we have the glory, if we have the manifest presence of God, but the sick aren't being healed and people aren't being saved and we don't see the change in the culture, then what what did revival produce? Hmm. It must go be. And and I say that so cautiously because I love the move of God. I love the move of God. But the move of God has to do more than just make me feel good. It's got to be more than just coming out and saying, whoa, oof, man, I got, uh, what, what are some of the terms they use? I, man, I got, goosebumps. I got, yeah. yeah, I got goosebumps. I got, I got slammed in the glory yeah. or I got, you know, whatever the, man, I got hit so hard. All I love that. I want to mm-hmm. get hit by the glory. I love being, but it's got to do more than just, I, I got to turn it into a revolution Amen. because I believe that we're going to answer for this time in history before the throne. What did you do with my glory? What did you do with my fire? What did you do with the anointing I gave you? And if we say we kept it, we just kept it. There's a a parable about that. But if we say, Father, we spread it. We started preaching and teaching. We didn't use social media to attack one another. We used it as a vehicle to preach the gospel, to prophesy. And because of that, millions came into then. We will have used it and for his glory and turned the revival into a revolution. And what it's done is it's allowed compromise into this nation. And God is dealing with the roots of the compromise. So part of it is exposure. Part of it is more dreams and more exposure prophetically. Part of it is God has to clean his house prophetically and in the church world. And then Part of what's going to happen is as all of that comes out, there's going to be a call for repentance. I believe we're going to see some people who are who, who probably really were compromised, who are going to lay out an example for just saying, this is how you repent. John Redenbow, it's great to have you back on Charisma News and to talk about what God is saying about the year 2024. Well, we haven't done a study per se on what is he saying about 2024, but we're seeing some trends that after the first of the year, I don't think it's going to shift dramatically. Um, So we haven't specifically looked for dreams about 2024 per se, Um, but, you know, obviously we're midway through December. We're seeing some things that he's talking about. One of the things that we've we've put in our heart to do, and we're doing the the best job that we can at this, is to gather dreams um, from a variety of sources. And so we have people on our team that we track, um, not in a weird way, but just you know, we're, we we watch um, 
known prophetic voices and known prophetic dreamers that some people may have never heard of, but they we know them because of some of the dreams that they've had. And so when they put something out on, on YouTube or on Facebook or, or whatever, or they have a newsletter and they submit a dream or they, they put something out there, um, a lot of times you'll see like, you know, prophetic voices will just put on a YouTube post or on a Facebook post. Here's this dream I had last night. And we know that those dreams are 100% from God. We've kind of settled the issue of the source of dreams. And so we pull those dreams in and then we transcribe them and then we put them in our in our, our, our database specifically for trending purposes. So we can see there was mm-hmm. one, one week or two week period of time when there were like five known major prophetic voices that were all talking about a dream or a vision they had about the Liberty Bell. And I was just like, I know these guys know each other, but I don't think they call each other every week and say, hey, what did you dream about? So we're probably, there, there were probably people that maybe listened to two of them and said, huh, both of these guys are talking about the, but we were probably in the unique position to recognize mm-hmm. that there's five guys right now all talking about the Liberty Bell. Not just guys, but guys and girls, you know, five prophetic voices that are all talking about the Liberty Bell right now. Like, what is God saying? And so then we commission a dossier and then we dive into the the dreams and we interpret them in light of one another. And Mm. then, you know, the Bible says on the basis of two or three witnesses, a matter is firmly decided. And so you can get, I believe, so much more of a prophetic accuracy than even one person who says, well, I've heard this from God directly, and God is saying this. And we're like, well, we have from five different sources, people that some know each other, some don't, some are known, some are unknown, mm-hmm. all dreaming about the same particular thing or the same state, the same city, the same leader, all in the same period of time. And it's just just that fact alone makes people want to say, well, what did you find out? You know, what, did, yeah. <laughs> what does it mean, yeah. you know? And so when we put things together, they're, um, they're, they're really interesting in part of the supernatural kind of pop or punch to uh, the dream world is the process of how you get to the meaning. Mm. Because you'll be researching one dream and then somebody will have a dream about the same thing, but it was about an instance that occurred 60 years ago, but this guy has a dream 10 minutes before the situation happened. And this guy has a dream 15 minutes after of a situation that happened 60 years ago. You know, that one in particular is the JFK assassination, but Mm -hmm. it's like, why is God talking about the JFK assassination right now? I've actually been noticing that, that one particularly, like there's been some YouTube videos that have come out recently about that. There's been some books that have come recently about that. Um, So it seems that there's, there's more to it than just uh, you know a, a a unique trend right now. If there if there's yeah. dreams happening about it, yeah, yeah, we're working on a very profound dream that <laughs> a prophetic voice, just a nationally known um, guy. I really like this guy. Really respect the voice of God through him. He has this dream, and he's not from America. And so I'm like, do you? do you know what day you had this dream on? And I knew he had the dream on the 60th anniversary. I just, mm. in the spirit, he said, oh, I had a dream earlier in the week. And I'm like, oh, I think I know what day you had it. And sure enough, that's the day he had yeah. it. And I'm like, you, 
probably don't know as much about American history, but there's this and this and this. And it, it led me on a journey to really like, okay, we need to look into this. And then God spoke to me and he said, timeline. And I said, timeline. And then I realized we have several other JFK dreams, probably six. Mm. And then I realized they were all about particular moments in JFK's life. They weren't just like, oh, JFK walked up to a guy at a bar and said, hey, how you doing? It was like one JFK is deciding whether to join the Navy. Another one is his inauguration day. Another one is during XCOM, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Another one is the morning that he gets shot, where he's speaking outside in a parking lot in the rain. Another one, a guy is in the car with him when he gets shot in one dream. And then another dream about investigating some of the things related to the scene after the shooting had occurred. And so when we put all of this together, we're going to be able to times, dates, locations. Where did these events happen? What was the mm. exact date? What was going on in the world at the time? And again, why the, the, the overarching question is, God, why are you speaking about that today? And I'll right, tell you right. why, if you want to know. Yes, please. That's what, that's what we're here for. What is God saying about 2024 in this next season? Yeah. So for the JFK thing in particular, and like he's done with other historic dreams, is he's exposing roots where he's, you're going all the way back to this date, this time, this location, these people were involved, and it allowed a spirit into the country that was invited with legal standing at this moment, and all of these things have happened since then. Hmm. I believe a doorway was opened, and part of the results of that doorway had to do with even the abortion um, you know, Roe versus Wade being passed 10 years later. Right. And I believe that it had to do with specifically the JFK assassination, but there were some, some, some spirits behind that, that God is showing, okay, this was an event that caused a compromise and a level of blood guilt on the country that we need to know about because it needs to be reversed those things need to be ejected. Their legal standing needs to be taken away and it needs to be sealed up. And then God can begin to heal the land in regards to this particular instance. Wow. That's uh, still a little cryptic, but I kind of, I kind of understand where you're coming from with that. I mean, that's, um, there's a lot of things that, uh, ha so actually here, here's the next question is, how do how do we put these things into practice or what is the application that we can have for that? Because, you know, like there's certain people that are in positions of authority that can do things. Um, but there's also times where people that aren't in a position of authority, we're just like, okay, so we know about this dream. We, we know about this prophetic word. What do we do about it? How do we respond? Well, back to the original question, which is, which I really didn't answer very well for you is, What's going to happen in 2024? Um, I see a lot more exposure coming. I feel like we haven't even, unfortunately, we haven't even begun yet to see the tip of the iceberg. And I think it's starting already in the church with uh, certain events that are happening and unfolding even now. Um, I think that is not an isolated incident, unfortunately. I think that pressure is being put on in a spiritual capacity where God wants a clean house. And in order to do that, there have been people that have been set up in movements that have been leaders that have been compromised. There's entire um, 
I don't want to say the entire movements are compromised because I believe that God can move even in the midst of people, but certainly the foundations of probably some pretty big ministries, some pretty big churches um, have been compromised, if not fully compromised, um, built on lies, built on corruption, built on deception, built on victimization of people that um, God in his justice and righteousness cannot let that stand. And as more and more people are waking up in America to things like human trafficking and calling for God's justice on our land, that comes with a price and the price is exposure and the price is as it begins in the house of God. And so that has to happen for that to overspill into the political realm. And we're already seeing some things in the political realm. Again, I, you know, there's so much distraction right now, but we're being kind of desensitized to a lot of it. But um, by what we're hearing and by what we're seeing is um, there's so much more exposure that needs to happen. Like we're just barely getting started with how compromised agencies are, things in our government, but even prophets, even churches. Like we talk about the deep state. Nobody talks about the deep church. We don't talk about – it's unconscionable to think that there's somebody that has been paid off by intelligence agencies or the government to promote propaganda like – the movie stars did with the COVID jab. Like it's, it's, it, people just don't think they think like the prophetic is this trusted group that's never compromised. And I think that that world is going to get shook a whole lot harder than it did in 2020, 2020 um, exposed a certain level of, of uh, exposure on what was going on. And I, you know, in my opinion, a lot of that still hasn't been corrected. Um, and part of that is, what happens when a whole group of people are moving in a particular direction and what appears to be happening doesn't appear to line up with prophecy? How do we how do we handle that? Well, one of the ways is to create prophetic communities that have accountability, to not make decisions in an echo chamber, to avoid things like cognitive bias and cognitive dissonance and and even in the prophetic world and to be challenged, to be open to being challenged and having some really frank discussions with, well, why do you believe that? Well, I believe it because of this. Well, you and all your three friends believe that and that's okay, but here's what I'm hearing and here's how I can back it up based on looking at, again, probably 65 of the top prophetic voices of the top dreamers. And it's certainly nowhere near that we have it figured out because we don't. But we've moved in a particular direction. The thing that I was hearing after 2020 is God was taking me back to 1 Corinthians 13. And he said, you know, in part, and you prophesy in part. And then he asked me the question, what if the parts came together? And I'm like, why aren't we doing that? Hmm. I mean, I know we have prophetic roundtables, but why don't we get groups of people together that analyze and interpret even prophecy? Because a lot of prophecy is figurative as well. Sure, <laughs> why don't yeah. We get people together, interpret dreams, interpret prophecies, find out what they mean at a deep level, and then hear the voice of God for a generation or for a time. <clears throat> so I, I feel wow. like that's going to increase. Um. We've been kind of three years on this journey of what we call spiritual intelligence. I describe spiritual intelligence as a new movement in the prophetic, and it's a new movement of deep analyzation. And it's not 
it's it's not that you got to be a brainiac and figure it out. It's it's really Holy Spirit led revelation through word of knowledge and word of wisdom, like Joseph did, like Daniel did. We study those models and say, what did they do, and how can we replicate that? And he's showing us a ton through Scripture, and then we're seeing things in dreams that are future predictive. Some that are exposing roots of the past before our lifetimes. Um, things that are happening that is just like, wow, this is incredible and, and it's amazing. So it's a very exciting time. I believe God is going to continue to speak more in dreams, more and more and more. There were so many people are waking up to the idea that not only is God speaking through dreams, you should write them all down, every single one. If you have a dream you don't like, if you want to believe that it's a demonic dream, write it down first and then seek out an interpretation. But don't blow off any dream at all whatsoever if you value the voice of God in this next season. And at the same time that that's happening, I feel like God is getting louder. The world is getting more and more corrupt with there's really no media outlet at all whatsoever that I completely trust anymore. Not the right, not the left, not the alternative, not the, you know, the, the, even the social media is not, you know, there's just so much. And there's so many people that are part of what, what God is calling a conspiracy of the prophets where they'll take a picture off of mainstream media and they'll say, well, Hey, this is what happened and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, have you researched that? Did you back that up? Or are you parroting the propaganda of what the mainstream media is? And there's a level of accountability and purity that's coming in the prophetic. But I believe a lot of that is going to come through dreams. And again, why dreams? Because dreams are like double blind. It's like when Nebuchadnezzar said, I want Mm. somebody that can tell me the dream first and then tell me what it means. And so when, when somebody has a dream, they don't know what it means. And so it's not like they're like, well, I think it means this and, and this and this. And almost every time that that happens, especially if it's some sort of watered down pseudo literal thing, they're missing most of the message. And some Mm. of the time they're even flat out wrong. And, and, and when you get a group of people together that are analyzing and looking at other dreams and other pieces of intelligence that God is saying, especially mm-hmm. in a time of exposure, then there's going to be an explosion of right information and good intelligence, what we call intelligence from righteous spiritual sources, which means from heaven that yeah. we can trust. And it's going to point the way it's going to be like the light in the darkness. And what it's done yeah. is it's allowed compromise into this nation. And God is dealing with the roots of the compromise. So part of it is exposure. Part of it is more dreams and more exposure prophetically. Part of it is God has to clean his house prophetically and in the church world. And then part of what's going to happen is as all of that comes out, there's going to be a call for repentance. I believe we're going to see some people who are who, who probably really were compromised, who are going to lay out an example for just saying, this is how you repent, where you come clean all at once, you come forward, you say, look, this is what I did. And God is going to touch that. And it's going to be an example. And I believe ultimately what we're leading into is this happens in the church. It happens in the nation. And it, it's going to be a difficult time for a lot of people because they're going to, their foundations of who they can trust. They thought, we thought we could trust our doctors. We thought we could trust our newsmen, you know, go back to the days of Walter Cronkite. We thought, and our parents still believe, man, I can listen to the evening news and I can trust what my doctor tells us. Now we know that that is an absolute pre-programmed lie that we believe either one of those two things. And there are people died 
because information was withheld from them by those mm-hmm. exact two institutions. That's yeah. the tip of the iceberg. When it comes to pastors and prophets and churches, I think we're, we're in for a shaking there too. Oh, this has been kind of a tough conversation. I feel like it's, it's, I, I want people to know there's a lot of hope because this is literally the ripping the bandaid off. And if you just look at that moment, that's a bloody, disgusting, man, we need some hydrogen peroxide moment. That's the moment that we're in. That's what we're entering mm-hmm. into in 2024. We're already seeing that at the end of 2023. But, you know, if there's pastors and leaders and prophetic leaders that have, I hate even talking about this stuff, have used social media to find out information, gotten up in front of people at a meeting and said, hey, there's somebody because they know that they're registered for their conference and call them out like it was a prophetic word from God and they just did good research. Just come clean and tell people that you did that. If you've been having an ongoing affair for 10 years with somebody that was a part of your ministry, like don't wait until they're into, you know, the third party investigation and legal stuff and this and that, like have the fear of God to realize, you know what, I am not fit for ministry right now. I should not be a voice in this generation, at least at this moment. Yeah, I had a call on my life, but I'm not worthy of the call and back away. And don't take five minutes and then run back to, you know, the money trough of let's do conferences and let's get offerings and like take a beat and trust God that he's going to take care of you and your family. But unfortunately, I I feel like the first wave that we're going to see It's people that have been told on where other people have come clean Mm. and said, I was a part of this affair and I just can't keep this to myself anymore. I was a part of being groomed or human trafficking or embezzlement or these lies and fake ministry and, and deception. And I have to come clean. And and I encourage those whistleblowers to come forward. There is a grace on whistleblowers, I believe in this season And there's probably going to be a a judgment on people that come and bear false witness. So I say that with a warning. Don't come out and try to take your your, the the number one prophetic voice or pastor voice that you don't like and speak wrongly against him because you will be found out. But if there is something that needs to hit the light of day, you know, Matthew 18, Matthew 18, Matthew 18, (laughs) do it, do it in order, do it right. Churches, ministries, take allegations seriously, handle this stuff right. And if you are accused and you know, your conscience is not clear before God, what if instead of trying to do the, the damage control and the getting your attorney and getting some, you know, open AI to write a, a statement for you, what if you just said, you know what? I'm going to tell you what happened. Here's all the good, the bad, and the ugly. And yeah, Mm -hmm. God has used me, but here's what I did. And if nothing else, let my life be a warning to the next generation. And you did the time, you know, you did the time, the crime now do the time, like take it on the chin Mm -hmm. and say, let my life be an example of at least the grace of God and how to come clean in repentance. And I think it's interesting. There's a lot of these people that when they're faced with stuff like sexual immorality, they always talk about David. Look at David's example. When the prophet went to him and said, the man is you, you're the guy in the parable I just told that took the you lamb from the next door neighbor. And he said, it's me. A hundred percent. Absolutely. You're right. I confessed. I did those things. I killed Uriah. I took his wife. I had a son with him. Please, God, have mercy on me and don't judge this nation for my sin. 
you know, if what what if we had leaders that, you know, in the face of their sin, in the face of exposure, could provide an example for, and not that they don't get sit down, but that there is a restoration mm. process. And I think that's going to need to be modeled because when it comes to the political world, it's probably going to be worse. Yeah. And then we're going to have to look at, well, how, how do we have anybody in leadership? How do we restore leaders? How does it look like? What does it look like for the grace of God? But not just the grace of God, but for the judgment of God, for the justice of God, for the victims, for the people that have been, you know, for kids that have been hurt or molested or people that have been trafficked and for deception and movements that have done a lot of wrong for the people that have been, you know, part of those mm-hmm. movements not feel like they wasted their time and their money and their lives investing into these places. But there's hope. And this is the hope. The hope is that as God exposes this, we're moving towards a coming generation that will be so much more pristine and pure, like the bride of Christ that he wants, like what God wants for his bridegroom son. And it's going to be a spotless bride, but there can't be a spotless bride when we have all of this stuff, when we have mold and gangrene that's growing on Mm. the foot underneath the dress. Like we got to expose it and it's got to be dealt with. And then when it is, then we're going to see, and I I believe we're also going to see, we're going to see a mass amount of people that are going to come to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is going to meet our nation in that process. It didn't say that the the nation that's perfect. It said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. It's not that they weren't wicked. It's that they turn from their wicked ways Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. And that goes for churches. It goes for ministries. It goes for movements. It goes for cities, states, nations, and even the world. And God wants to heal us. He wants to heal the United States of America. There's been generations of compromise of one on top of another. There's been blood guilt. There's been assassination. There's been the spirit of Jezebel and many other things that have been brought in the spirit of the spirit of occultism behind the Nazis. All these things have been invited into our land with legal standing. And Mm -hmm. God is exposing these roots and exposing some of these base events that brought this stuff so that it can be cleaned up, so that his blessing can be upon us and his favor to a thousand generations as we sing about. cannot occupy space in the presence of holy fire. Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, it's great to have you here on Charisma News to talk about what God is doing or what God is speaking about is what's going to happen in 2024. But God was talking to me about this rubric. Here it is. Fresh oil, holy fire, new wine. Mm. 2024 will be a year for families and ministries and communities for the church of fresh oil, holy fire, and new wine. That fresh oil is a fresh anointing. 1 John 2, 27, you have received the anointing of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. So, John, I'm not saying God's going to give you a new Holy Spirit. What I am saying is that the Holy Spirit's about to do something new in us, with us, for us, through us, for the glory of Jesus to fulfill the Great Commission, to advance the kingdom of heaven, to reach many who are lost, and to speak prophetically into dead bones that are around us. So there's a fresh anointing coming. Let's not forget for anyone who's saying, why do we need a 
a fresh anointing. David was anointed three times, three mm. different times. So we receive an anointing to serve like David did and bring down the giants. That was his first anointing. The second anointing was when he became king of Judah. Judah means praise. So be the conduit of our praise and worship, mm. not just vociferously through our vocal cords, but through our life, our testimony, a life of integrity. We receive that anointing and then to rule, to be the head and not the tail. There's a new oil. There's new anointing coming upon the church. There really is upon Christians and believers and families and entrepreneurs and creatives upon societal architects and cultural reformers. But then not just the oil, there's holy fire. And John, here's what I get in trouble. Here's where I get in trouble with some of our, our, our spirit empowered, charismatic Pentecostal brothers and sisters. For those that have the limited worldview, the limited theological understanding that fire is only for dancing and screaming and shouting, let right. me strongly disappoint you right now. <laughs> I don't negate the fact that the fire of God will make you respond, without a doubt. But the fire of God is primarily about sanctification and purification. Mm. To the Christian, the fire of God is not punitive. It doesn't punish us. It preserves us. It prunes us. It prepares us. It's Matthew 3.11. You will be baptized. What did John the Baptist prophesy? I baptize you in water for repentance. He who comes after me, whose sandals I'm not worthy of even tying, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Acts 2.3. The upper room. Tongues as what? Fire, like fire. Right. It's fire. My friends, there's fire. The fire of God is real. It is a sanctifying fire. It is a purifying fire. It is a purging fire. And when your house is full of fire, remember Acts 27, 28, when Paul shipwrecked and landed on Malta? Remember that there was a fire pit and he picked up some brushwood. There was a snake hiding in the brushwood. When the snake hit the fire, what did the snake do? It jumped off. It grabbed Paul's mm -hmm. hands. It didn't mm -hmm. want to be in the fire. And Paul right. shook it off back into the fire. When your family is full of holy fire, when your ministry and your church are filled with holy fire, you become a snake-free zone. I'll repeat that. Mm. When you're full of God's fire, your mind, your body, your family, your health, your circumstances become a snake-free zone. The enemy cannot occupy space in the presence of holy fire. So I'm speaking prophetically now. It's fresh oil, holy fire. One more thing about the fire, John. In the book of Daniel, chapter 3, we all know the story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego end up in the fiery furnace, right? Faith. They all had faith. They believed. They stated what they believed. We believe our God mm -hmm. is able. They went in with faith. When faith goes through the fire, the outcome is favor. Amen. I'll repeat that. That's good. You have faith. Faith gets tested in the fire. When faith comes out, it's no longer just faith. It is favor. Mm. So I believe in 2024... We're going to have, we're going to experience, receive fresh oil. We're going to experience holy fire. That holy fire will convert your faith into favor, faith into favor. And then the last element for 2024 is new wine, fresh oil, holy fire, new wine. I do believe God is sanctifying his church. I'm digressing to fire for you for whatever reason. He's purifying his church. Uh, he's exposing some things that have been hidden. For his namesake and for his glory, uh, there's going to be th this this great, uh, let's just say, differential. Uh, we're going to differentiate. We're going to distinguish between the holy remnant and the complacent church. Mm. You know how what's happening with, in Israel with Hamas and the war? I'm asked frequently, are we in the last days? 
Well, of course we are. For two reasons. One, Israel is a nation. The Bible talks about when God's children will come back to the land. It is the beginning right. of the end of days. And then 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's the great falling away, the great apostasy. We're seeing that in the church. We're about to see a holy fire in the church really separate, separate, separate the wheat from the shaft, the real from that which is not real, orthodoxy from relativism. And the last thing is new wine. New wine, ready for this, John, is joy. I know it seems simplistic and, you know, naivete, Pollyanna-ish, but no, there is fresh oil, there is holy fire, but there's joy coming in 2024. What are you talking about, Pastor Sam? There's a war in Israel. China is threatening Taiwan, right? (laughs) Russia and Ukraine, our political instability in America, to be honest, are you kidding me? Imagine Trump versus Biden again. Imagine if Trump gets reelected. What would be the outcome socially, protest, whatever it may be? Imagine if Biden gets reelected. What would be all of that put together? There's joy coming. For Christians, mm. there's new wine coming. There is new wine coming. Joy. I love Amos 9:13. I don't know if you've ever read the message version. I'm not necessarily mm. a fan of the message. I use it to help my understanding, but I'm more of a King James, modern English version, the revised version, the one that I helped Steve Strang on and so forth, that 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 I'm a fan of. But I used the message to try to get the paraphrase, the parenthetical sort of macro interpretation in today's yeah, lexicon, yeah. right? There's a great, name is 913, it says this, wherever you look, north, south, east, and west, you will see wine being poured down a mountain. It's, mm. it's blessings coming your way. The sower and the reaper, another version would read, taking over one another. We are about to experience new wine, new joy, new enthusiasm, new excitement, a fresh infusion of the Holy Spirit with joy, the joy that is unspeakable, the joy that is our strength. And with that joy, we're going to occupy God's promises, conquer new territories. We're going to be light in the midst of darkness. We, we are going to bring down walls and giants that our children will walk upon the ruins of what we bring down in our generation with the certainty that our children will not inherit our sins. Our children will inherit our blessings. That's the word for 2024. Fresh oil, holy fire, new wine in Jesus' name. God is handing out keys. And one morning when I was praying, the Lord showed me a key ring with thousands of keys on it. He said, I have a key for every situation. Little keys open large doors, little doors swing on small hinges called obedience. And one of the things God says, I'm going to begin to release the keys. Karen Schatzlein, it's great to have you here on Charisma News to share what God is saying for the year 2024. Uh, we've been really hearing God say amazing things to to prophetic voices all over the area. And you posted something on uh, Facebook, on social media the other day that said that we said we need to get you guys on this list as well, because what you're saying really has, has stirred our hearts. So we want to hear what that was, but also what is God saying kind of beyond that? Let's explain that a little bit. So welcome to Charisma News. We are honored to be back with you. And John, we've been friends for a long time. And obviously we love Charisma. They've been our publisher for years and they helped us with all our books, but thanks for having us on. We're excited to share this. Absolutely. Excited to be a part and to be able to share with you. And so thank you for having us on. 
Well, yeah. you know, John, I'll, I'll, I'll say it like this. Every now and then, uh, you know, suddenly are preceded by obedience. Mm. And when God began to download for 2024, I wasn't looking for that. Karen wasn't looking for it. We're just kind of pressing through with our ministry, our business, everything that we do. And all of a sudden, I just felt this overwhelming presence of the Lord. And he, he walked into our home here in Fort Worth. And God began to stir me on the morning of December 5th for 2024. Well, and, and I'll just preface that. He always does in December, but it's for my family most of the time. So I, mm. I, I've written about this in a book, but I, I write a, a prophetic word for every single person in our family, our son, our daughter, our daughter-in-law, our grandchildren, and, and obviously for Karen. But this was different. It was an, it was an arresting moment. Mm. And one of the things that happens to Karen and I is sometimes, I know it sounds crazy, but sometimes in the middle of the night, we hear symphonic music playing. Mm. not going on through our house. Yeah. I thought I was crazy till I told her and she goes, it happens to me too. And then it, it, it happened right at this time. Wow. And the Lord spoke to me that he, you know, he sings over us. That's, right. mm. That's what Zachariah says and that we're his, the work, we're the workmanship of God. We're the poema of God. We're the song of the Lord. Mm. And when he does that, I know that I've entered into a different place. It usually happens about three o'clock in the morning. Nothing's on in our house, no sound system, but I can suddenly hear the symphonic music. And I know that at that point, we're stepping into a realm where he's trying to share some things. So I want to share this, but you know, we're always very careful to say, thus saith the Lord right. it is because if it's not, that's bad. That's witchcraft. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I felt the Lord so strongly on this word. What about yeah. you? So, yeah, so I agree. So going into this December, you know, we've really been feeling a stirring in our hearts and hearing that music in the, in the middle of the night, just God pulling us in to listen. And I think that that's where the church really needs to be right now. And the body of Christ needs to be right now as we've started listening to ourselves, listening to, you know, everything on the media and everything. But I think God really wants to speak to us uh, going into this next year. And if we don't learn to lean in and listen, we're going to miss the uh, the prophetic words that God has for us for this year. And I think sometimes we forget that God still speaks and he speaks loudly. All we have to do is enter in and listen to him. Well, and my favorite life verse is Matthew 10, 27. What I whisper to you in the dark, you'll proclaim from the rooftops. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's my life verse. And what I believe so strongly is you begin to feel this nudge, mm-hmm. this nudge, this nudge, because you're busy, you're wandering around, you're doing all this stuff, and you keep saying, come back, come back. Mm-hmm. One of your favorite verses yeah. is, the, go ahead. What is well, it? in Psalm, it says, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. Mm-hmm. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. And, you know, God is calling us into his presence. And the problem is we are so busy trying to figure things out, trying to figure out how to fix things across the world, across the nation, across our cities, across everything, that we hear him calling us into his presence, but we're not listening and we're not saying, my heart has heard you and I'm coming. So what we're going to deliver to you is kind of a combination of what we both have been hearing from the Lord. Yeah. So I'll start with this. I'll never forget that morning, December 5th. And the Lord spoke to me suddenly. I just sat up. I felt him come into the room. And he said, in 2024, I want you to declare Psalms 24, verse 7, every day in 2024. Well, I am so scattered and so crazy that that's going to be, that's going to be a stretch for me to remember to do that. I'm going to have to put it up places because, but I know the verse, it's one of my favorite verses. The verse says, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up ye ancient doors that the King of glory might come in. And the Lord said, I want you to declare that every day in 2024. 
and watch what I do, whether it's ministry, whether it's your family, whether it's your mm-hmm. business. And I said, OK, Lord. And then he, all of a sudden he began to download. He said, this will this next year will be a year of acceleration. It will seem as if as if time is speeding. And I'm, I'm reading from the word because I when God gives me a word, I just start writing. Yeah. And, you know, Martin Luther said, if you want to change the world, grab a pen. And that's what I do. We live with the, with the pen. And I'm, I'm writing. And he said, the, the slowdown in many lives will end. Delay will stop. Uh, we, we are writing about this right now, how to break the spirit of delay, how the enemy will. He can't stop what God has planned, but he can delay it. Paul said, I wanted to come to you, but I was delayed. Daniel chapter 10, 21 days. There was a war going on against the Prince of Persia in, in, the, in the heavenlies. Right. But I think delay is about to stop for those that, that, are, that are hearing this message. And he be, I know it is. And he said, this will be a year where the weary experience strength and those who have been battling sickness will experience healing. Now, we know healing. Yeah. Karen was radically healed of leukemia. Mm-hmm. Completely, DNA changed completely. Wow. Supernaturally. Standing um, on a, a stage in Brazil, in Brazil to, to 30,000 women. Yeah. That's right. And God spoke to me and, and said, your blood is healed. But it wasn't until I came to a place of trust. You know, we talk about faith and trust. We talked about that in our book, uh, Restore the Roar. But, you know, talking about faith, you know, is our encounter with God. But trust is all about his reputation and our relationship with him and drawing off of that relationship. And I think, you know, going into this next season, we're going to have to lean into his reputation and our relationship with him. So back to exactly back to Psalms 24, verse seven, he went on to tell me, he said, it will be a year of suddenlies. Now we know suddenlies are preceded by obedience Mm. and prophecy is not fixed. It's formed. And what I mean by that is you have to pray into what has been spoken. You've got to, 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 to walk the guidelines of what has been spoken. And so I believe that with, with that comes a a righteous calling, a calling to say, okay, God, I'm going to line things up with you. I'm going to make things right with you. I'm going to, uh, restore my passion for you and my heart for you. Maybe that may got robbed from a lot of people during COVID and all the stuff geopolitically and all the stuff. We know that one of the signs we're seeing right now is when Israel came under attack, it is a birth pain. It is mm-hmm. a signs of the end, but we know we're not there yet. But we also know that with increased wick- wick- wickedness comes increased righteousness. That's how God always does. And God began to speak this to me. And he said, families will experience healing as blinders are stripped from the eyes of those that are deceived and living in perversion. It will be a year of beauty for ashes. He just was speaking that to my heart. The turnaround of hearts is already happening. I want to speak to everyone that's watching right now that has the prodigal, the prodigal daughter, the prodigal son, granddaughter, niece, whatever, or father or mother. This is the season where God is whispering to them, come back home. Watch how he begins to, you know, the same sun that can harden the clay can also can also soften it. And he is shining and softening right now. And so you've got to be delicate with that and watch him do it. He began to speak to me. He said, churches that have been contending for his presence and boldly proclaiming his word will have a year of suddenlies. And I want to speak to that for a second. Not those that are just learning how that, that, that are tight roping truth. Those that are declaring truth with love, because we don't throw rocks, we throw ropes, we pull people out of things, but declaring the truth, you're going to find out. And God just stirred this in my heart. He said, healing will be in the atmosphere. The hungry and the hurting will begin to show up in churches with expectation as never before. There'll be tangible moments where God interrupts the plan of man. Mm -hmm. 
where he walks into the sanctuary and you've got your order of service. We preach all over the world. We're different churches constantly. And there's always a plan. But I love it when he interrupts it. I Amen. love it. I'm, I'm the guest speaker that flew in or Karen flew in to speak at a thing. I love it when we don't get to speak. And it's like, hey, we're so we've been in this long enough now. We do not have to be on the stage. We are nothing but uh, those that open the curtain for his glory. Mm. But God went on to tell me, he said, the treasury of the Lord will be released to accomplish the mission in those churches. Those who have wandered away since the days of COVID will be quickened to return. Every pastor, every leader, every every uh, ministry leader that's out there right now, I want you to catch this. God's going to quicken them to bring them back. You've got to be ready because they're not coming back to pre-COVID church. Right. They're coming mm. to the church that no longer leaves them on the doorpost, but invites them in. Revelation 3 that says, we know what it's like to be locked out. Yeah. We're bringing you back in. And pastors and ministers will have a renewed sense of purpose. And then he went on to share with me. This is critical. While wickedness, chaos, and destruction increase, listen, turn off the news at times. Uh-huh. And, and because it will increase upon the land. This will be a year where my blessing and favor unfolds upon the righteous as never before. Those who walk in the counsel of the Lord will experience my delight. My prophecies that have been forgotten or shelved will be fulfilled in the lives of my children. My blessing shall flow forth upon those that I trust and to those that trust me. Businesses will suddenly see increase and security restored. When God was downloading this to me, I saw the stock market. I saw, because I study those things, mm-hmm. interest rates, all the different things. I'm telling you, there is a shift coming in that. Why don't you take it over right there? So this year, <coughs> we will see the vacancies of many high offices, world government, world churches throughout the world. And for a short period, confusion will set in. But what, But I will install into office those that I have chosen. Because you know, that that's pretty clear mm-hmm. prophetic download. Yeah. Offices that will suddenly become absent. I'm talking about world government, world church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're already seeing uh, different things that are happening within the Catholic church, which we cannot agree with. We're already seeing different yeah. things. And I'm, I, it, this is one of those moments where, where as I was writing this and, yeah. and Karen was leaning in with me, I saw empty chairs yeah. mm. and it caused chaos. But you cannot reverse course without chaos. That's right. And now is the time. And, and the Lord went on to t- tell me this will be the year of the vacancies. He began to stir it in her heart mm-hmm. and in world governments, yeah. world mm-hmm. governments, world church government, world governments. God is not a, uh, a liar. And right. mocked. But it's not until those positions are vacated that God can place into them the people that he has called to lead. And I'm not just talking about I'm not just talking about donkeys and elephants, no. Republicans and Democrats, because bottom line is you study God's word. It's not about donkeys or elephants. It's about That's lamb. Right. That's right. It's about the lambs. And but I do believe that those that were have been placed in position that no longer follow his precepts or maybe they were there for a season. Yeah. They need to understand mm-hmm. that God will remove them. He exalts, he tears down. And then now is the time to declare redemption. I will redeem what has been stolen. He spoke to our hearts. Get a hold of the Isaiah 22, Matthew 16, 19 keys. Yes. 
And that was that was what he spoke to us so clearly. And when you begin to look at the year that we're in, mm-hmm. and when I say the keys, mm-hmm. three times now in church services, yeah. we get up to preach and minister. It happened in Brazil. Mm-hmm. We see keys over every person. Yeah. The keys of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The word in the Greek is, is kleis or kleis, and it means power and authority. God is handing out keys. And one morning when I was praying, the Lord showed me a key ring with thousands of keys on it. He said, I have a key for every situation. Little keys open large doors. Little doors swing on small hinges called obedience. And one of the things God says, I'm going to begin to release the keys. Uh, And when I began to do that, and and as we studied that and we began to realize what year we're in, the Hebrew calendar year, the 5784 year, and this is the year of the open door. It's literally what it means when you break that down, that, you know, God's going to begin to renew spiritual ears. It's going to be re- begin to renew these things. We have been in a long waiting season, yeah. the cave season, mm-hmm. and yeah. God is passing by right now. And he's saying, where are you at, Elijah? Mm-hmm. He's saying, Why are you hiding? Mm-hmm. He is going to begin to raise up people in government spots, city councils, school boards. That's right. He's going to begin to raise up righteous leaders, mama bears, papa bears. People are saying enough's enough. And they're going to have immediate favor. We saw that in our own son's life Mm -hmm. when God spoke to him. It's an acceleration that takes place. And and so exactly. And so, John, what we feel for this year is the year of acceleration to declare the king is coming through the door. I've been asked, do you think that means the rapture is going to happen? Uh, Do you think... And I said, I don't know what that means. All I know is the end time newspaper says <laughs> the righteous shall rise up. Yeah. All I know is that we are promised that if we draw near, he draws near. All I know is that we are living in this moment in time where God cannot be mocked anymore. And he doesn't have blinders on. Yeah. And he waits and our nation, America, has been weighed on the scales, found wanting. And so it is time for the prophetic voices, the uh, the true voices of purity and power and authority to stand up. And it will be a bunch of nobodies. We're going to see new voices rise up that don't buy into celebrity Christianity culture. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to see them standing up and people are going to like, who are you? And when they speak, it will be an oracle of God. Wow. But they have to understand that they're the stagehand. Yeah. They have mm-hmm. to understand we open the curtain and get out of the way. But acceleration is going to happen. And for those that it that won't lean into the purity of God, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Those that won't lean into righteousness, restore their home, restore their family. It will be a stale and crusty season for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the symphony of the Lord is, play, is playing in the atmosphere yeah. right now. Yeah. Many parts coming together to make one sound, the resonate of God. Yeah. And if we can speak what he is speaking from heaven, reson- when it, we resonate, mm-hmm. it's powerful enough to break glass. Yeah. And would, there will be pastors that will stand up to preach and all they'll do is read a scripture. Mm-hmm. Well, we know the word of God is inspired. It means God breathed. They'll stand up. I, we were at a conference recently where a pastor, good friend of ours, Apostolic Council in Georgia stands up and he reads two scriptures and God breaks out. And he told me later on in the back office, he said, I didn't get to preach. I said, what do you mean? He said, I had a whole sermon. God broke out. And he's 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 a veteran leader. He's powerful. Mm-hmm. And I go, but you did. Yeah. The scripture preaches. Mm-hmm. It's God breathed. So in other words, right. he creates 
a Holy Spirit virus. The minute you read the scripture over your family, he goes and he sends it out. He infects the atmosphere with his word. And we know what Hebrews says it does. It divides, leaves you naked at the end. But this is the season to get back to the fact that he is walking in the room. Mm -hmm. And that's what 2024 will be for us. I believe that. Yeah, and I agree. So it's going to be a season where the theatrics, and I don't mean this disrespectful, but the theatrics of ministry will stop. And wow. people will get back to the heart of what God has called us to do. And that is to simply spread his word, to spread his truth. And we can't waste the waiting and the holding pattern that we seem to be in in our nation right now, just a holding pattern of survival or just waiting to see what's coming next. In that holding pattern, we cannot waste the waiting season because it's in the waiting season that we educate ourselves, that we prepare ourselves for what That's God good. For us to get into mm. the world, to find out what God is calling us to do, because there's going to be a moment where the heavens open up, just like what Pat was talking about. And those places are going to be vacant and someone's going to have to step up and fill the gap. But if we haven't been taking advantage of the waiting season and leaning in and listening to God, then those people who are called to step in and fill those gaps will not be ready. And so it's a, a clarion call to all of those in our world that are truly feel God calling them into the secret place for them to go there, to stay there, to lean in, to hear from him so that when the moment comes, they can step out and have the words of truth and freedom to spread across our nation. The Selah is ending and the music is beginning. Mm. We put the gap. The Selah yeah. is very important because Jesus was the Selah. He stood between yesterday and tomorrow on a cross, but he was the ultimate orchestra constructor yeah. instructor. Yeah. When he put his hands up and when they dropped the song of the redeemed began, mm -hmm. the pause is coming to a close. Mm -hmm. the, and the word sailor literally means conjunction that's coming to a close. And the music is going to begin for some, it will be symphony mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. others. It will be dramatic. Yeah. And God is saying, yeah. I am separating. Watch what I do. That's right.